breaking news, everybody. We had to bring back on Lee Smith to get to the bottom of the Russia hoax continued. It's like it never dies. But just recently in the last uh, 24 hours, we had breaking news. One of the top counterintelligence officials in the whole United States ran the New York office, investigated President Trump during the whole Russia hoax. It ends up he's been indicted for taking money, not only from an Albanian, but also from a Russian or Russian sources. So here to break it all down, uh, the famous author, The Plot Against the President, Lee Smith. Lee, welcome back to the show. We're great to have you this morning. Oh, always great to be speaking with you, uh, Devin, and great to be on Truth Social uh, podcasting. <laughs> yeah, we always like to focus uh, our our my podcast now. We've converted it over to people who use the platform on Truth Social. So if you'd like to come on the podcast, let me know, and we'll try to get you on. So, Lee, why don't you break this down for us? What, what uh, Where did this money come from? It was cash, I guess, is what we understand. Well, it, it, it appears the it appears that this uh, gentleman Charles McGonigal, who was the head of FBI counterintelligence uh, in their New York office, it appears that the first time he started taking money was, I believe, well, it's before he left the bureau in 2018. He was taking money from uh, an Albanian, uh, an Albanian national who appears to have worked for Albanian intelligence services. Um, the other time that he was taking money was after he left the bureau, uh, I, I, I believe, and this time he was taking it from a sanctioned Russian individual uh, by the name of Oleg Deripaska, a name that I'm sure many, many in your audience will know since Mr. Deripaska was a regular figure popping up all over Russiagate. Um, so again, once again, we see that Oleg Deripaska is front and center uh, and the FBI's focus. Look, the, the, there's lots of things that we want to know that we don't yet know uh, about Mr. McGonigal, about the investigation, exactly what happened. Look, if McGonigal was head of um, FBI counterintelligence in New York, he uh, he certainly would have known about the Carter Page case when Carter Page helped the FBI roll up the, uh, the Russian spies who were op operating out of their consulate in New York, right? Because that was a that was a counterintelligence mission, right there. And Carter Page. Yeah, let me let me just remind the audience here about the corruption of the DOJ and FBI and how they've created this walled off scheme. How they can basically skirt all laws, all regulations, and that is that they've taken control of the National Security Division within the Department of Justice and the FBI. Very clever, very tricky, because all the regs read that if there's an ongoing uh, national security investigation, you know, spies that are going to, you know, blow up the World Trade Center, uh, where you've got to run, you've got to run sources to figure out who these foreigners are. And because this is a threat to America, you have to use the National Security Division. But what the Obama people did successfully back during his administration is they figured out a way to pull everything into the National Security Division so they keep it nice and tight to where most of DOJ uh, doesn't uh, know anything about it and they can't know anything about it by, by the regulations. And then, of course, the same things at the FBI. So you've got 98% of the FBI is walled off or more from these siloed compartmented investigations. And how does this relate to the Russia hoax? Well, this top agent uh, who ran the counterintelligence division at New York he worked underneath 
no one other than McCabe, who before, before he became the deputy director of the FBI under Comey, he was running that New York office. One of the top people at the time also that was there was one of the famous lovebirds, Peter Strzok, was also there. So all of these players are intertwined, Lee, and I think that's what you're getting at is this Deripaska character who was kind of larger than life, uh, was in America, I think in the UK sometimes, back in Russia, uh, flaunted his money all around. And in fact, he had a, a, a mansion, uh, just, uh, just a few blocks actually from Obama's mansion. Uh, so this guy, I think he had multiple homes across the United States. He was very well known to the authorities and what we find out, very well known to who? The DOJ and the FBI. Because what's interesting is, okay, this guy took some cash that they can track to Deripaska. But we know from the Russia hoax, and people may remember this name, Bruce Orr, who was one of the top people at the Department of Justice, and his wife, who worked for Fusion GPS, which was the company that concocted a lot of this fake information about the Russia collusion hoax. Bruce Orr's wife was working for Fusion G GPS, and Bruce Orr at DOJ has also very strange connections to Deripaska. So Lee, why don't you kind of walk the audience through those connections? Yeah, there's a lot of Deripaska stuff there. So um, I, I think, by the way, the, the one other person who was working out in New York <clears throat> who might have known all these people was, of course, James Comey himself, who's at the um, you know U.S. attorney in the uh, Southern District of New York. Um, Deripaska appears at the very beginning of Russiagate. Uh, I remember speak, you, you explained what was going on, that the, uh, there's uh, exchanges between um, Bruce Orr, uh, Glenn Simpson, and Christopher Steele. And one of the figures they're all talking about is Oleg Deripaska. And what does Oleg Deripaska want? He wants a visa, right, to get into the United States, to visit his homes, uh, to do business. So they're lobbying, uh, or Christopher Steele is lobbying on behalf of Deripaska. And we know that Deripaska's lawyer was paying Steele, right? So here we have a guy who was sanctioned in 2018, but everyone's knowing that there's something going on with Deripaska and how close he was to Putin. In fact, he was so close to Putin, at another point, Christopher Steele and Bruce Orr show up at his home with other FBI agents whose names we don't know right now. But it's probably important to go back and look at this story once again, reported in the New York Times, to see if Charles McGonigal was one of the FBI agents who showed up with Christopher Steele and Bruce Orr at Deripaska's home in New York to try to recruit him as a human source. The story says this. The I story think the probability of that is, is is very high. And let's just let's just dig into that a little bit. I just want to make sure that we make sure yeah. that that kind of the audience understands, you know, what this is about because or was really act. I mean, obviously still is connected to fusion, but, or as I remember those emails that we uncovered and were made public or was, I, I don't want to, I don't want to get too far out of bounds here, Lee, you correct me if I'm wrong, but as I recall, or was setting up meetings and trying to make it possible for Deripaska to, to get a visa and, and some other things is they were going to Deripaska to try to get him to make up lies about Trump to try to confirm the dossier or to come up with anything, Russia, any possible tie at all. They wanted Deripaska to go on the record. I'm sure they were video. I'm sure they were, they were videotaping him. Mm -hmm. uh, they go to his house at that time, I believe to, to try to get dirt on Trump, as I remember. Right. 
that they, they wanted Deripaska to verify the dossier. That was the purpose of that meeting. They ran the story by him and Deripaska said, according to the New York Times report, Deripaska said, no, I don't think that's what's happening. I think that's ridiculous. Right. But I, I just want to go back a little bit further in Deripaska's history with the FBI, because I do think that this that this illuminates what's going on with this former senior counterintelligence official working out of the New York office. Now, remember, as John Solomon reported um, several years ago now, that the FBI under Robert Mueller went to Oleg Deripaska and asked him to pay for an investigation in Iran to look for former FBI agent Robert Levinson, who went missing in Iran. Mueller, Mueller's team, uh, I believe McCabe was at the head of this. They asked Deripaska to pay for an investigation. I mean, that's totally abnormal. Uh, I mean, how did he even write that into the budget? Yeah, we, 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 we had a contribution worth the tens of millions of dollars from a Russian oligarch close to Putin named Oleg Deripaska, who paid for an investigation on behalf of the FBI. So again, I think one of the things that that illuminates is, is that this agency, this federal agency has been operating without guardrails or red lines, certainly not to justify what McGonagall did, but these people are, are they, they have they have no boundaries right now. And this started with started many, many years ago. But we see again what happened with Robert Mueller when Mueller when Mueller's FBI went to Deripaska asking him for money. That's what it was to, to go and investigate, do an investigation in Iran. So it's hardly surprising all the different things that we've seen with an entirely out of control federal law enforcement agency. Yeah. Uh. So there's a so there's a lot there to you know, I think to unpack, but I think if the let me I can add some years to it the timeline here. So this is in the in the mid to late two thousands that Mueller's mm -hmm. group goes to Deripaska. Um, probably this guy from New York knew Deripaska, worked with Deripaska. I think it's highly likely. I'm sure they were chummy. Um, they because it seems like the FBI, DOJ, all of that same cabal at the top level of that national security division, this was one of their go-to guys. And it's yeah. almost like when they go to him, when they're when they're desperate, they're desperate to get dirt on Trump. And I think this is what two thousand is this early two thousand seventeen that they go to Deripaska? Is that the right date when that when this uh, whole group goes to meet with him, or is it sixteen? Yeah. No, 17. It, it, 2016, I believe it's sometime before, uh, sometime before the election. Okay. Um, so it's okay. So, the, so the timeline is just to remind everybody, so we don't get, keep everybody on track. So in 16, they open up the investigation. They start investigating their fusion is concocting the dossier with this Clinton crony. They have their fake Russian in, in Washington, DC that worked for Brookings. That was, uh, prosecuted, right. but then not convicted. He was let go in Washington, D.C., but he was the one, suppose he lied to the FBI, but he was acquitted of it in Washington. This is the cabal. They concoct the story. They spread the story out. They leak it to all the media. All the media knows about it. Then they go to Deripaska to try to get him to be the Russian source right. to confirm at least some or all of that dossier. Is that is that the timeline? Right. What they wanted to do is, <clears throat> remember, this is uh, this is news that came out during the uh, Igor Danchenko trial, 
about how the FBI was willing to pay Christopher Steele a million dollars if he could verify the dossier, right? The issue was the FBI knew it was a hoax all along. So how are they going to pay him a million dollars to verify something they know is not true? What they wanted to do is they wanted him, uh, I believe, they wanted him to go to Deripaska and get Deripaska to stand the whole thing up, say, yeah, right, whatever you say, Carter Page did this, Paul Manafort did that, Michael Flynn did this, Donald Trump did that. That's what right. they wanted from Deripaska. And, and then conveniently, yeah, and then conveniently their, their plan would be that Deripaska then would never come back to the United States. He'd be back in, in Russia or wherever he lives. And Deripaska, to to his credit, uh, you know, he's like, no, I'm not doing this, which the whole thing is ludicrous that they would think that Deripaska would do this, right? He doesn't have, you know, he still doesn't have his visa. They haven't performed for him. And I think he's trying to trade that off to try to get that visa. But, you know, at the end of the day, Deripaska is a billionaire, I believe, right? This guy's got plenty of money. Right. Um, so the idea that you could try to buy this guy off, and I think he must have been smart enough to say, "Look, I'm not getting involved uh, in in any of this nonsense because you know this guy's a, a a billionaire who can live anywhere in the world. He doesn't need to be in the United States." Well, so, can you, can you also imagine if word gets when, not if, but when word gets back to Vladimir Putin that uh, this Russian guy named Oleg Deripaska was willing to toss around Putin's name in the middle, uh, in the middle of an <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, yeah, there's that part too. I forgot. Yeah. I mean, that would yeah, be, very, you know, very, very good made. point. I, that was probably first and foremost, first and foremost would be that, that some guy but, talking to but, them, talking right, about that, Putin, talking about the inner workings, making up a bunch right. of garbage. That's uh, why Steele didn't take the million dollars, right? Christopher Steele, the guy would take a million dollars at the drop of a hat. But that's why he didn't take this million dollars, because he knew Oleg Deripaska was he was at, at least smart enough to know that Deripaska was never going to go for that scheme. Yeah. So then kind of fast forward, then Deripaska, they get their revenge on Deripaska mm-hmm. because Deripaska now ends up being indicted. Right. Yeah. That, this, they, when, that was what? Early, that was in 20... In, Last year, I believe they sanctioned him. They they remember they they right as you said before they raided his homes in 2021. And I think what happened the the breaking news we're talking about. I think this shines a lot of light on what's been going on with Darrop or what they've been doing with Deripaska the last several years. If they went into his homes in 2021, they're probably looking for some sort of evidence. In this case, right now that they've made against McGonagall. Yeah, and meanwhile. His home is in Lee. I mean, you used to live kind of nearby there too. Obviously, yeah. not in not in quite as nice a home <laughs> before you fled yeah. and, and you yeah. fled to the the safe state of South Carolina. But right. you know the map there, Lee. Yeah, I mean, you've got Obama's home. Is I mean, can't be. I mean, it's just a, across that oh, goal. Yeah. That's um, the shadow. Right that's the shadow White House right there in Calorama. That's right, but the Shadow on. White House is then right across from the Shadow White House, just across that. I don't know if it's a creek or a goalie or what. I mean, it can't be more than can't be more than a quarter mile. Um, is Deripaska's mansion? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can't make this up. It's like, oh, so all this time, Deripaska, you've been right. working with him for fifteen, you know, fifteen years. Uh, you try to get him to do all these bad things, and then you come in and you and then you go after him. I mean, I think it's uh, the irony of that. Does anybody know where where is Deripaska now? Uh, I imagine he's in Russia. Um, yeah. You know, Dar- Deripaska. Um, 
I, I do. I think this is a way to see that they they're it's it's revenge for him not playing along with the dossier, right? That that was that was that was the implicit threat all along. If you don't do it, you're not only not going to get your visa, but we're going to continue to pester you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, so I think that so the bottom line that that we're looking at now, Lee, is this clearly this FBI agent taking cash at that high a level is is rather unbelievable. Um, well, I guess anything now is believable, um, but I guess it's some 200 and what, 200, $225,000 in cash. That's what he took um, from the, uh, that's what he took from the Albanian, uh, allegedly a t- intelligence officer, $225,000. And I, I, I have to say, uh, I, 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 it, it's very depressing, but the story is very familiar. Um, the story is very familiar. What happened? Yeah. The former uh, Albanian or the Albanian intelligence officer paid off uh, the head of FBI counterintelligence in New York, um, and he asked him later, the Albanian, to start investigating a um, a lobbyist, an American lobbyist, who was working on behalf of one of the Albanian's rivals. Gee, that sounds awfully familiar. Well, hold on a second. That's exactly what Russiagate is. That the idea that the FBI is going to go investigate the rival of Hillary Clinton. So it it it's it, it, it's a very so the it's guy a very, the, the, when the Albanian and, talks to him, the Albanian probably went to him like, hey man, you guys are really good at that Russia hoax. You <laughs> yeah, engulfed right. the president, you basically took out a president, you spied on a right. president. That was the United States right. of America. Clearly, right. this is just Albania, man. I'll right. give you two hundred twenty-five thousand and the FBI. <laughs> oh yeah, we can do that in our sleep. Thanks for the cash. <laughs> exactly. Hey, that, Hey, that's no problem. I can do that myself. I don't need a whole crossfire hurricane team. I can do that all on my own. Yeah, that's right. a, that's so, easy. You know, it's terrible. So this is what, again, this is what uh, this is what the world's most prestigious law enforcement agency has come to. Right? They're wor- they're they're working to set up political rivals of uh, of, of of their preferred candidates, whether here in the United States or a in places like Albania. I mean, it's so sick and twisted. And that's one of the, th- that's what I think is most important about this case. It's not just about McGonagall. It reflects on the entire culture of a very, very sick and twisted bureaucracy, right? This is yeah. awful. It's not just McGonagall. It's, it's the entire bureau. Yeah. And just to, just to kind of close here on a very important point, because there's so much more that we that we need to learn. There's so many facts we don't know. Maybe it'll come out during the case. But Lee, I, I think you're a little bit suspect of this, and perhaps there's more to this story. I I I think there is, for the very reasons that that you and I have been talking about. I mean, look, this is this is what this is what the FBI has been doing. So why are they hanging this guy out to dry? And look, this is certainly not offensive in defense of him. This guy broke the law, did bad, did did bad things, right? Was working on behalf of a foreign intelligence officer. I mean, to to investigate an American yeah. lobbyist. I mean, that's the disgusting guy, and disgraceful. The guy that's in charge of working with foreign intelligence right. people, to, he's supposed to be recruiting them. Instead, he got recruited. I mean, the, the, it, taken given the context of what we know about what the FBI has been up to the last several years and there's other stuff too as I as I as I as I've mentioned previously look the, the head of counterintelligence working on Soviet 
uh, working on the Soviet file. And then the Russian file after the fall of the wall was a man named, and many of your viewers will remember the name. His name is Robert Hansen, right? Robert Hansen was working for Moscow. Who warned the FBI uh, senior levels about Robert Hansen? Another FBI agent by the name of Mark Walk. Now, Mark, uh, I, 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 I quote him stop. in part of Against the Please president. stop right there, just yeah. for the audience. Yeah, there's this is all, this is there's a famous movie that was yeah, yeah. that was written about uh, that was that, I think there's a book and then there was movie. Was it um, was it Good Shepherd? Was that the name uh, of it? I, I believe that was it. And what's the what's the name of the actor? Chris. Uh, he played he played Hanson. That was a good movie. It was very enjoyable. Um, yeah. But, you, but you it happened to be but it happened to be true. Yeah, and <laughs> sadly, you know they, it was true. Yeah. They, <laughs> The person who first warned them about Hansen was Mark Walk. Mark, um, great guy, runs a great has a great blog right now called Meaning in History. It was a source I used him in plot against the president. Mark is Hansen's brother-in-law. Mark recognized that there was something going on with Hansen, and Mark warned the FBI. You know how long it took them before they went after Hansen? A decade. A decade that this guy was selling American secrets and hurting American interests by working with Moscow. So it's not as though the FBI has always been on their toes about Russia. The fact that this was buried for 10 years like that. So again, this is part of the context. I think that we should understand the McGonagall case. There's just something fishy about this case given where this guy was working uh, in the particular office, given the people he knew, and given what we know about what the FBI has been up to, certainly um, certainly since the Donald Trump campaign for president in 2016, the whole thing just smells very, very fishy. More, more to come. The Russia hoax never dies. Never Lee, thanks dies. A lot. Thanks a lot for being with us today. And this is Devin Nunes, and we'll catch you next time.